Hello and welcome to the second of three very special shows. The clock is ticking. The pressure is building. Shrewsbury and Rotherham have slogged away for the better part of ten months. But this weekend, one of them is going to be left languishing in League One, while the other one scampers off to the Championship. Matt Stanger is here. Caroline Barker is here. This is the Totally Football League Show in association with William Hill. Hello, Caroline. How are you? Hello, Ian. I am fine, thank you. I'm very much looking forward to League One and all it has to offer. Perfect. Textbook answer. Matt Stanger, how are you? Very well, thank you. Got burnt on Whitstable. You're going to open every single one like that. Yeah. Good job you weren't with me because I'd have got the sun cream out and oh, spelt God. something rude on your back. The pair of you are insufferable. However, you both know your stuff. Uh, well, Caroline does, because Caroline, you successfully predicted Rotherham to come through and Rotherham against Scunthorpe. Um, so let's start there. Uh, they were the better side, weren't they? Yes, as predicted, they were the better side. It's, the first leg finishing 2-2, I just thought that Rotherham had a bit more about them and thought that, that given they just had that impetus towards the, the end of, or at least in that, that first leg. I don't know why, uh, apart from I'd predicted it before, but I just thought that they were hard enough, as in resilient enough, as, as opposed to you see them down Jukes on a, a Saturday night. That's another reference Jukes. to Chelmsford. Oh, that was a great nightclub. I did my nightclub apprenticeship in Jukes and did Chelmsford, you? yeah. Did you ever go down to the cocktail bar? They had a cocktail bar? Yeah. Or were you talking about Reds? No, no, Jukes had a cocktail bar as well. Anyway, uh, Rotherham very <laughs> much like those that be turned out on a Saturday night in Dukes in the cocktail bar, which is the two never in the same. Um, relegated last season, I just thought they had enough resilience to, to go on and take it, and, and that would be proved. And Paul Warren is one of those managers that I would run through a brick wall for, and I don't know why, he just gives me that, that little bit of a lift and encouragement that, that takes him over the edge. He is much loved, um, uh, Warniola as he's known, um, because he does look a bit like Guardiola and, and the Rotherham fans think he might actually be better. Uh, he took over in torrid circumstances. It was a really traumatic relegation. They went through, um, I think he was the third manager of the season, mm. wasn't he? Kenny Jacket only lasted 44 days. Um, they were relegated by November or something. Um, picking the pieces up from that and getting them into the playoffs is not easy. Such a turnaround for them. I think it was eight out of the 14 players that he signed were part of that that team that's taken them through to the final. And he just gets it. He he found players that maybe you weren't expecting him to find. He's put an arm around those that, that haven't performed for other clubs, I think. And he's just made them that, that sort of team. I said that, that you'd want to run through a brick wall for. And Matt, we've discussed them several times this season. And I think... They were overlooked by many. I don't know, I can't remember if you overlooked them at all. Clearly you didn't pick them to win this one. Um, <laughs> but there were those that, that didn't expect them and I think they've just done the old cliche under the radar. Well, um, Tony Stewart, the Rotherham chairman, I think possibly accepted it. Um, he said uh, in a really good interview uh, with the star, the, the local one, not, not the national one, so dig it out if you haven't seen it. He said, Paul got the culture of Rotherham. Mm. He'd played for Rotherham. He'd worked with managers here. It just felt right. What an opportunity for him. But what an opportunity for Rotherham as well. When he was offered the job, he was very hesitant. I told him managing in the championship that season would be the worst managerial time of his life, but that it would get better. 
<laughs> he's a doctor. He's a matron. He's a psychiatrist. He's the headmaster. It's his way of handling people. I love talking to him. I can be on the phone with him for 25 minutes and it seems like five, the gems that come out of his mouth, I see a young Neil Warnock. I mean, it's really glowing. <laughs> Is that praise? It's great. You just wonder whether... Paul Warren enjoys those 25-minute conversations on the phone as, as much as I'm he also does. worrying about the average there. 25 minutes, five gems. That's one gem every five minutes. Better, than, better ratio than this show. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you hang up. <sighs> you rate him, though, don't you, Paul Warren? Yeah, he's done a brilliant job, and uh, obviously... He's coming up against someone else who gets Rotherham as well in the final because Paul Hurst spent his playing career there as well. So that's a great little subplot, isn't it, mm. before this game? I saw Paul Hurst was saying, I'm sure we'll be, be, enjoy, uh, we'll be uh, ecstatic for the other person in time if you know whoever goes up because they are close. But uh, at the same time, yeah, it's interesting. They're a well-drilled team, aren't they, um, Rotherham? Uh, they, they always looked, I know it sounds really trite and silly, but they always look like they know what they're doing. You get sketchy teams in these leagues, but they're, there's always a certain level they seem to hit in every game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can say that simply because the fact that they had Kiefer Moore, who's still their top scorer this season, depart halfway through the campaign. For most sides, that would have derailed their ambitions and Rotherham just carried on that course and have been... Uh, really, really strong in second half of the campaign, and I think they've got such a solid spine with uh, Wood, Volks, and, and Smith in attack. Uh, Smith obviously doesn't score tons of goals, but really links to play a bit like Mitrovic, who I'm sure we'll come on to in our other previews uh, at Fulham. And you have other players buzzing around off him: Ryan Williams, Taylor, uh, Joe Newell, who's uh, chipped in with a few goals as well. Obviously, got that crucial uh, second goal in the first leg. So very solid side, really well organised, and I, I think they're going to be the toughest test for Shrewsbury in the final, a Shrewsbury side that were racing for automatic uh, earlier in the campaign. Um, let's have a quick word on Scunthorpe, Caroline, um, because they, you know, without wanting to be too unkind at a sensitive time, they, they are one of those sketchy teams. I've seen them this season. They've been very, very good and they've been very, very poor. They had that late managerial change. Mm. What do you make of their campaign? Um, I'm, I'm pleased that Nick Dawes, and hopefully this won't come and bite me on the bottom, but I'm pleased that they've given him the, the job clearly that brought to an end his his caretaker role with them and I think he's shown enough that they'll be alright next season and Graham Alexander has taken the, the job now at, at Salford City so there's there's something that, that the class of 92 have seen in the calibre of him as a, as a manager too but that was a stinking run was it eight games without a win that they went through Nick Dawes came in he lifted them I always thought I always did think that Rotherham would get through this one rather than Scunthorpe. So I think they're now on a platform come next season where they'll be all right. I can't see them automatic promotion, but I can see them grinding out results, going through the season and making the playoffs again. Um, back to Rotherham, a number of characters to talk about. Uh, Richard Wood, um, who has a number of songs about him. Uh, I'm not sure we can repeat here, but involve throwing bricks and, and heading them back. Um, Paul Warren calls him uh, anything from the wrecking ball to the dinosaur to the bank manager because Wood uh, apparently sorts out the player fines with a degree of commitment that matches his approach on the pitch, so says the star. Again, the local one, not the national one. Um, he's 32, he's had a long career, he's kind of, you know, almost like a talisman of the team, isn't he? Warhorse. Yeah, Warhorse. I think every team needs one of those in their promotion battle. Uh, same way, Shrewsbury have got Sadler at the back and uh, yeah, he obviously scored as well in, in the second leg, so, so threat set pieces. And it's like we were saying about that solid spine that 
Rotherham have and Paul Warren's really built his promotion bid uh, around that in the second half of this campaign. And uh, Will Volks as well, uh, I think was Rotherham's player of the season. Uh, Tough tackling midfielder, you're a fan, Caroline. Yeah, but it's not just me though. You see Rangers, Sheffield United, there's a few clubs that have had a a sniff round Will Volks as well. Just um, going back to to Wood, I think he's kind of like the, the Grant Holt of wrestling and might end up in that that aspect too um but but will volks is is one of those that i just think he's calm so calm he looks like he he makes the ball do a lot of the work for himself and and i just think he looks like he's got so much time on the ball and he's making that happen i like him because he is combative like you're saying and he puts himself about but he's he's good with the football as well isn't he He can create he puts in excellent deliveries whenever he ends up in wide positions so looks like someone who who could definitely go on to a higher level is it what is he 23, 24. So he's still got that on his side too. It's also worth noting he does a lot of stuff for the Bluebell Wood Children's mm. Hospice uh, in the area. And uh, this marvellous quote, he says, uh, I, I wouldn't say it affects my approach to football, he reflects. I'm still horrible on the pitch and that will never change. That's just the winner inside me. But here, I suppose, I get to be myself without being too deep. I get to be a good person here. God, there's a lot to unpack there, isn't there? You don't usually get that much depth no. with a footballer, do you? I think it's impossible to read that and not go away going, oh, wow. But, I mean, great, great that he does that work with the Blue Bellwood Children's Hospice. Um, and, uh, yeah, very much look forward to seeing him out on the pitch for this one. If you haven't seen Rotherham already, you might be wondering what kind of team they are. And Hillsborough Miller on Miller's Banter says... We are what we are. It's the most Yorkshire answer he could have given. Uh, he says, we're a team that was badly damaged last season in a division that ultimately swallowed us up and spat us out. A league that was always going to represent a massive challenge to us. But this season, we're a team that's restored some pride in the club. Yes, we have our shortcomings, but we have an honest bunch who give 100% and win far more than they lose. And it's taken much bigger clubs than us some of them not a million miles away from Rotherham, a long time to get out of League One. And we now have a 50-50 chance of doing it the first attempt, thanks largely to a young manager. Ask Cholton, Plymouth and MK Dons if they'd like to swap players. I don't know about you, I'm feeling pretty roused. Yeah, so am I. That was great. Um, They should stick that to the dressing room wall before. That was great. Well done, Hillsborough Miller. Um, The Yorkshire Post, for all of this, given that they were in the Championship last season, says uh, they can be considered underdogs. Do you agree with that? Uh, No, absolutely not. I think you still look back to start the season when Shrewsbury were second favourites, I think, to go down. And uh, it's it's difficult. I think it's a a message that most teams like to put out before big games like this is, oh, we're the underdogs. Just increase the pressure a notch on the opposition. But I think these two teams are very evenly matched. Uh, Rotherham, obviously, a bit more prolific in front of goal. Shrewsbury a bit more solid at the back. So it makes for what should be a really good game. And it is also a case, uh, for those of you who like Star Trek, of friends forced to fight one another. Because it's... uh, You've never seen that episode with the Romans, have you? (laughs) I don't think anyone's ever seen it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just me, isn't it? I think I was out with my friends that night. That's poisonous. Paul Hurst is, of course, a Rotherham legend. Nearly 500 appearances and a former teammate of Paul Warren. And Hurst in the Shropshire Star said, it doesn't matter who you play, it's an emotional game. And when it comes to that day, everyone knows who I want to win. And I understand uh, why everyone at Rotherham wants to win. Uh, What I would say is after a bit of time, we'll all be pleased for the other person. You're listening to the Totally Football League show in association with William Hill. 
For all the latest odds in the footballing world, check out williamhill.com or download the app. And if you don't spot something you fancy, why not tweet at William Hill using the hashtag #YourOdds for your very own personalised bet. 18 plus only. BeGambleAware.org. And when the fun stops, stop. Matt, there will be, as we've said, a few people listening who haven't listened before and don't understand the whole Shrewsbury thing because Shrewsbury was supposed to go down. They weren't supposed to run Wigan and Blackburn all the way to the end of the season. How? Why? Well, it's like we've been saying all season, incredibly organised side. Uh, Paul Hurst has him so well drilled. They had a really strong pre-season. One thing that he's prided himself on is having a supremely fit squad and he was saying that before the Charlton game as well where people were questioning that little run that they had towards the end of the season where it looks like the wheels were coming off a little bit but he said no we've been working our fitness all season and we're going to be competitive in those games and, and they were they obviously won both legs and uh, I think they're hugely resilient because after that great start that they had you know when, they, when they've lost a game people thought oh this is it this is where they fall away and they just kept coming back and I think another thing that's helped them as well is the fact that even though John Nolan is a terrifically talented midfielder uh, he hasn't really been the star in the same way that Bradley Dack was at Blackburn or Nick Powell at Wigan they don't they share the responsibility around and uh, I think they've been stronger for it. Caroline they haven't been in the second division since Kylie and Jason were top in the charts is this their moment? I see what you did there. Uh, David Moyes was also in the team, wasn't he, I think, for Shrewsbury back in... Was he? Yeah, there's, there's, there's a stunning picture of him doing the rounds, which is well worth a look up. Um, very much of the red hair, I feel, in that team. Might just be the light that, that it was taken. Chelsea won their league too. Man City was second last time they were in it. Any other stats from the second <laughs> tier you'd like to hang out? They do have, though, to drop yet another cliche, the old Wembley hoodoo. And I just wonder whether that might be their undoing. Tell me about that hoodoo. uh, Four defeats out of four at Wembley. The EFL Trophy final was the last time that they lost to to Lincoln, of course. And I just wonder if that might be their little bit undoing. Although, my prediction for this one is that it's still going by the time you come to do your review of the finals weekend and that they're still going on penalties. It's just going to be that close that I will not make a prediction other than that, that it will go to penalties. Very much. <laughs> we'll, we'll stick with that. And, and I think you're right, in fairness. Um, they're, they're very much a team, Shrewsbury, as we've already established. Um, but key players, um, Omar Beckles, you're a big fan of, aren't you, Matt? I am massive fan of Omar Beckles. Uh, first saw him playing at Accrington Stanley, uh, alongside well, who Enciala also played for uh, centre back for Shrewsbury, and I think John Coleman was obviously key to unlocking their potential. Uh, but Beckles, uh, superb player, surely be Championship bound this summer, regardless of, of what happens to Shrewsbury. Hopefully with the shoes, of course. Uh, but it's the fact that he's really a centre back and he's such an imposing presence he's so strong and so composed on the ball but he's been playing left back this season because he replaced Junior Brown who had an excellent start to campaign and was then cruelly ruled out through injury and just the way he's slotted in there after starting the season on the bench he's been tremendous and he, he was in the, against West Ham in the Cups as well uh, he was excellent against Charlton I thought he was really really solid in, in those two games and he just looks like someone full of confidence and uh, he, there was a piece with him in The Guardian earlier this season uh, with him opening up on his battles with depression after his father's death, which is a really fascinating read. Um, I, I well recommend that. Um, on a similar note, uh, it was Mental Health Awareness Week last week and we had a special podcast with Tony Coton and David Priest in conversation about goalkeeping and mental well-being and that is very definitely worth a listen. Um, and should you 
be experiencing any of those issues, don't hesitate to contact Calm. They, they are good people. Back to Shrewsbury, though, who I think are kind of like the Spice Girls in that everyone has a favourite. Maybe not. Did you not have a favourite Spice Girl, Caroline? Oh, I was going to go for my favourite shrew, which is Alex Rodman. <laughs> uh, but but well, for I'm... favourite Spice Girl, I'm going to go sporty, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I like sporty. Scary, I think, just about my favourite. But my favourite um, Shrewsbury player, uh, Nishala, um, or, I mean, a great imposing centre-back anyway. Uh, I'm always a big fan of them. But I just particularly like the fact in the Checker Trade Trophy, he's playing with a broken cheekbone and his mask was becoming uncomfortable, so he just ripped it off and played anyway. Did you hear the story about how it all went wrong from Everton? Oh, yeah, but tell it again anyway. He was on the bench in a Europa League tie, I believe it was, and uh, he was due to make his first appearance for the club, and I think he'd actually already spent the appearance fee because he knew he was going to come on, and then when the time came in the second half, he didn't have his shin pads with him. He'd left them in the changing room, so he had to go back and get them, and then Shkodran uh, Mustafi came on in his place, and uh, soon after that he was released. So <sighs> it's been a long way back for Enciala, <laughs> and... Uh, Hopefully it culminates with some glory at Wembley. Caroline, you were saying Alex Rodman, um, your favourite shrew. Uh, regular this season, eight goals in 54 outings. Uh, he described the Checker Trade Trophy as a nightmare. He said, I didn't know if we'd, uh, if we'd get here again. He had a back problem as well. Um, it was heavily frustrating for me and more frustrating as a team that we didn't win. But he said, I'll be aiming to make my mark in this one. Give anyone a loss in the Checker Trade and win here. No one would say no to that. This is the big one. Caroline. What is it about Alex Rodman that you like? I like the fact that, well, I don't like the fact that he gave up football to try out golf, but he had a go at that too. I like my multi-sports footballers, you know, the ones that used to go and play cricket during the summer and play football at the same time and could do a bit of everything, win World Cups, win cricket World Cups. Uh, I like that about him. I like that he's intelligent, a second degree that he's studied for too. I like that he's come back from a serious illness. I think one of his, his lungs nearly collapsed. He had a pulm, pulmonary embolism. One of those two. Um, but I just like, he, I always fancy a winger that's a bit tricky and there's uh, something about him. And I just think that's the sort of player that, that Paul Hurst has, has tried to cultivate. He talked about Hurst putting up quotes on the dressing room wall about the fact that they were second favourites for relegation. He's likened their story to Leicester's story too. Them winning the Premier League title. He says, if we win promotion to the championship, that will be like that moment too. So he, he speaks well. He's got a good heart and he's got a bit of skill about him too. Right, that's all the cheerful stuff about Shrewsbury. We've been, we've been glowing about them, as I think we have all season. So if you'll forgive me, let's take a darker turn. If they lose this game, they're going to get picked apart, aren't they? Well, even if they win this game, that's the fear, isn't it? Because clearly they don't have the financial might against the sides that they would be up against in the Championship or even at the top end of League One again next season. You look at the likes of Enciala... Beckles, Nolan, they've all been linked with championship sides. Rodman as well. Wally, who on the opposite flank has chipped in with a load of goals. It's only really the strikers that perhaps aren't coveted because, uh, like we've said, it's, they're very much a team. They're not out-and-out goal scorers. So you do fear for them a little bit and obviously they'll need a couple of new players anyway because Ben Godfrey, he's going to go back to Norwich and surely he's going to play a part there next season. Carlton Morris will probably return to Norwich. Dean Henderson will return to Manchester United and I mean he's even been linked with Arsenal and Chelsea before with his contract situation at Old Trafford. So it's going to be challenging for them in the summer whichever league they end up in. I think the biggest thing is to keep hold of Paul Hurst and now there are rumours of Frank Lampard perhaps turning up at Ipswich. That's probably encouraging for Shrewsbury. Um, 
Shrewsbury are kind of they're, they're one of the the high points of the football league this season, I think, because particularly in the Premier League, we've had a season with one runaway um, leader, and then you know everyone else is like the moneyed elite kind of entrenched at the top. Mm. Whereas if you're looking for stories, you, you know you look to the football league, don't you? And Shrewsbury have kind of epitomised that that ability for the unexpected to happen. Yeah, and I don't know whether you sort of liken them to Burton Albion resource-wise. I think that that financially, if they go up with all those players that are likely to leave, they have to hang on to him because he's the one that's been able to pull the strings to bring in those those loans, to to bring in quality where you wouldn't expect it, to bring through players from his old old times in in non-league football too. He knows what he's doing and, and knows that the level of players that he can bring up. So I'd love to see what he could do and whether they would be able to release a bit more cash to help them. This is it as well. I think, like Caroline says, it's all about how does Paul Hurst kick on next season if he stays at Shrewsbury because he's worked with a lot of players he's managed previously. He yeah. managed NCR before, he managed Nolan before. And the higher up the leagues you go, you can't necessarily do that. You can't put players that you managed in non-league. And you look at the likes of David Moyes, for example, and that was probably his undoing over the last few years, especially at Sunderland when he was signing 30-odd uh, year old Everton players. And, and Paul Hurst will have to adapt as well. And you look at someone like Sean Dyche at Burnley, who's done that superbly since taking the Clarets into the Premier League. And, and that's really the level Paul, Paul Hurst should be aiming for. And I always go back to uh, poor old Steve Tilson, who took Southend up from the fourth division in the playoffs, then won the third division title in a season in which Nottingham Forest were there, beat Manchester United in the League Cup and was getting... Um, Interest, quite quite sustained interest from teams like Sheffield Wednesday and Norwich and Forest and West Brom, and he turned them all down because he wanted to be loyal to Southend, and uh, and then he got sacked a couple of years later. And uh, well, Lincoln fans will remember he didn't do too well there, um, and you don't really see much of him anymore. So that there's always a sense that it's all about timing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean Tilson falling so far, he could probably end up as a guest on the show at some point. <gasps> <laughs> Now you're just insulting all of us. Yeah, I was going to say, why am I laughing at that? (laughs) Sorry, guys. (laughs) It's Joe Crilly from William Hill. How are you, Joe? I'm very good, thank you. Much the same as we left you, I presume. Um, This is a very, very tight one. Uh, Shrewsbury and Rotherham. I don't know which way to go here. Which way have you guys gone? Um, so, we have Rotherham as very slight favourites to win this one. Um, and I, I mean, I don't want to brag, but I seem to remember when we were doing the, the mid-season roundup. I, uh, I, I think I may well have tipped them up at about 7-1, to 8-1 to one to get promoted. So, I'll be keeping my fingers crossed for them um, to win. Um, and they are 8-11 to 11 to win uh, with Shrewsbury even money. That's by any method. Um, so... 90 minutes extra time uh, on penalties. If you're looking at the 90 minutes prices, Shrewsbury 21 to 10. The draw is exactly the same price, and Rotherham are 7 to 5. All right, but what odds just having a penalty shootout? Because this is so tight. Oh, yeah, I love a penalty shootout. So it's, uh, it's 5 to 1 uh, for a penalty shootout, and that's uh, 10 to 1 if you want to back either side to win by a penalty shootout. So if you want to have a, a pound on Shrewsbury to win on a penalty shootout, it's 10 to 1, same price for Rotherham. Great stuff. That's Joe Crilly from William Hill. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. All right, Caroline, after all that, we did take a little little dark turn towards the end. Who's going up to the championship? Ah, I'm sorry, I, I can't you, accept that. The, the only prediction I would make is that they'd still be playing 
and still <laughs> be taking penalties by the time you come to review it. Okay. All right. No, you can have go to, goes to penalties as a prediction. I don't think we can do that. I think we've got to go for it outright. So I'm thinking rather than because they were so strong in those two legs against Scunthorpe and also Michael Ihequa in that first leg with uh, booting his own goalkeeper and scoring the own goal. You feel like he's got it out of his system now, so he's got to be okay at Wembley. <laughs> and then on the other side... Nothing against Rotherham, but I'd love to see Shrewsbury go up because they've just been the story of the season in the Football League. So I'm going to back Shrewsbury because I think actually, despite the Wembley hoodoo, having been there before this season, going back there and thinking, let's get it right this time. All right, there you go. We took it down the darker path, but right at the end, we picked you up. It's either penalties or it's Shrewsbury. And the best news, I think Rotherham will go up. So that means you're pretty much guaranteed. So there it is, 3pm on Sunday, Shrewsbury versus Rotherham. If you're off to the game, have a fantastic day out. And remember, whatever happens, both of these teams have done themselves proud this year. Now, there are two more playoff previews out there, or at least there will be very, very soon. But don't forget to join us next week as we pick the meat off the bones of these playoffs playoffs in our last show of the season i'll be there matt will be there sam parkin will be there very much hope that you'll be there if so we'll see you next tuesday the totally football league show is a muddy knees media production for sales and advertising please email us at sales at muddy knees